Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to a Disney at Play podcast. We welcome you to a new week, and we have an Epcot update because, well, so much is happening at Epcot. There is no park receiving a bigger transformation probably ever in the history of Disney parks, with maybe the exception of Disney California Adventures earlier renovation. Um, that said, we have so much going on and it begins when you arrive at the resort. Still fences are up, construction fences for the area that uh, as you go from the parking lot area into the security area and beyond the monorail station, there are still fences up for the um, work the park they are putting in there the space to take out the tiles from what was in front of epcot put them into some nice little memorial space that work is still going on and i wouldn't be surprised if it's the last thing to actually be completed in all the project by the way um while i don't have an image of that i do have so many images in our parks update so make sure that you check in at disneyatplay.com uh, for the Epcot update of this week. As you approach the ticket booths, you see that there's a nice little new paint job that's kind of happened. It's, it's an array, kind of almost a rainbow of colors. I mean, not five or six colors, but literally about 12 um, colors, one for each ticket booth. Um, and it's just a nice, subtle little touch that kind of lets you know uh, that uh, it's looking a little different. By the way, Joffrey's, which is out there in the front there, has started reopening again, that sign of life coming back to Epcot. Um, but at any rate, this, these ticket booths have had a little refreshing going on uh, along with their windows for advertising uh, media offerings or media ticket media offerings and so forth. And as you enter the actual um, entrance itself, you'll see that above there have been new signs put in. It's got a nice little Y-frame support that looks very Epcot-ish looking. And uh, it's, a, it's a very handsome lean sign that tells you where, which ones are entrances, which ones are exits, which ones are simply closed and not available. The, you know, the, that's a problem with these open entrances is that you don't know which ones open or closed because they all look kind of open except for a rope, simple rope drawn in front of them any rate, as we step into the park, we notice that I have a great over-the-fence photo of the acrylic statues. Uh, I took a photo in our last Epcot update. We had another one, and frankly, it looked very similar to this photo. It doesn't look like much progress has been made to this area. The, the, the fountain is going to obviously look beautiful when it opens, but... It, I sense that the progress on this construction area, maybe it just takes longer to do the plumbing here. Uh, uh, maybe they had a plumber's strike where uh, they had to choose between the drinking fountains and the toilets. A little Disneyland reference there. But at any rate, I think what's happening is, is they're probably slowing this down because really I think they probably want to unveil this with the launch of Ratatouille and Harmonious and Space 220, which would make an amazing press event. And if you'd been listening a number of months ago, I said I wouldn't be surprised if they did a press event in the October time frame. And yet I've heard nothing on any announcements of such. And I think the year is quickly folding down. Uh, I think people are just praying to get through 220 and start anew. 
So I think these these um, things are really not going to be opening or really made. I mean, they may open it this this little fountain area, but uh, in terms of the other attractions, I don't think it's going to open until the first of next year. Have you been to the Living Seas recently? Um, you know, the Living Seas is interesting because most people get in queue for the ride. The ride is an Omnimover clam vehicle that kind of paces you through a number of environments with Nemo and his friends and, and then ends up into the tank where you see projections of Nemo and his friends swimming among all of the uh, inhabitants of Living Seas Tank, which is an amazing aquarium. Most people, when they look inside that tank, do not realize that you could take Spaceship Earth, plunge it into that tank, and still have space to swim around the perimeter of that tank. That tank is so huge. Um, it You get a better view if you've never been to the top. You get a better view of it when, um, when you are at the top of the tank. The problem is, is that the visitor areas on the second floor take you right into the center of the tank. And being in the center of the front tank, all you see is... is half the tank in any direction you look. And so it doesn't seem as big looking in any given direction, if that makes any sense to you. Uh, however, it is it is a fantastic exhibit. If you want the spirit of Epcot, I don't think there's an exhibit better suited to really, because there's still very much science and research and conservation and all the themes that are so important to Epcot still continue in this uh, pavilion. It truly has so much to offer. And, and a couple of things relative to that. If you have not seen, um, I think the second episode is on this week, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom is on Disney+. Plus. Now, we actually announced this docuseries. It's a six-part docuseries, I think. Yeah, and um, eight-part docuseries. And we actually announced it way back in December when production was actually started on it. But because of uh, COVID and the pandemic and everything, I, production kind of ended or wasn't able to really go yet into post-production. But because of the title, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, you think it's all about Disney's Animal Kingdom. Actually, several sections of this is about the living seas as well. And people do not have any appreciation for the work, the science, the dedication, the amazing people who are at the Living Seas and who serve all that goes on there. You think it's just a bunch of fish in the tank. You know, they catch a bunch of fish, they throw it in the tanks, feed it every day. No, there's a whole support system that makes certain that that tank is successful and those species are successful. And in this uh, docu-series, this week, you were able to see uh, Darby, which is a stingray, um, in the in the seas, uh, is actually delivering, is pregnant, and is delivering a little, what's known as a pup, I guess, for stingrays. 
And she's not the only one pregnant because her handler, Amanda, is also <laughs> expecting as well. Um, and this is significant because populations of these stingrays are actually dying. And so far, Disney has successfully facilitated the birth of 10 of these pups so far. And this one, it's a boy, number 11, and uh, I can't remember what his name was. Was it Milo or something? At any rate, he, um, he is number 11. You got to see the docuseries. It's narrated by Josh Gad, who does the voice of Olaf in Frozen and Frozen 2. And uh, it's really worth seeing. And because you don't usually get to see the top of the tank, this shows behind the scenes in locations uh, throughout the seas. It is a massive uh, facility. A lot of tanks that are actually behind the seas because in order to introduce sea life in into the tank or when you have special situations where you've got a fish that might be sick or expecting like this, you actually put them into specialized holding tanks to make sure that they don't affect the other population. And there, there's a there's a lot that goes on there. By the way, they also have this cute little booklet that is themed to um, to Nemo and friends, and it invites you to go and look for all of these different exhibits. So many people. The biggest problem of the seas is people get off the clamshell, they see the exit sign, and they head out, and they do not take advantage of the manatee exhibits, the small. Uh, sea life exhibits, the big tank upstairs. There's so much to see. And um, and it's also a challenge because the Living Sea sits in competition with so many other things at Epcot that it's really hard to get noticed. It's, you, you are wanting to, to spend more time and you would spend more time if this was in your own community. But being part of Epcot, you got a list and you got to do so many other things so you don't end up spending as much time. But know that um, there's plenty to see. Moving on to the core of future world, we have some wonderful images on our notes page that looks over the fence into construction. Here's the good, bad, and the ugly on this. Um, in one image that we show, we see very little signs of activity. You almost wonder why we even bothered to put up a construction fence and take down the original fountain. Why didn't we leave it that way? I think probably some management is wishing that. It was all going down because the intent was to put up a festival pavilion. Um, but as you could see from this image, the sidewalks and landscaping that cover around that area haven't even been picked up yet or removed. So they are, they have clearly, from what the images show, probably have put, uh, made frozen, not uh, an allusion to the ride or to the movie, but they've probably frozen this festival pavilion and re-looked at the expense and the design of it, which I think is a cool design, um, but it's, I, I think it's, it's not, it's not paying off. Now, meanwhile, there is another image I show, and that is of the northern section of Interventions West. This is where you went in and you saw where's the fire and um, and uh, more, re uh, that's where you used to be able to um, uh, have a meet and greet with American Express. It was that, that one pavilion there. There have been a number of things. The IBM exhibit in recent years was there. The whole facade has been taken off of that area. I'd like to think 
that probably Starbucks, which was just across the way on the southern side of Interventions West at the Fountain View, I'd like to think that's probably going in there. Um, I heard, I think it was WDNT say that it's actually going in over into the complex where the electric umbrella is, where there's also construction. We've shown some construction. I think we were the first to show construction photos going on there. Um, that doesn't quite make sense because when you go to Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, Magic Kingdom, and Disney's Hollywood Studios, as well as the Fountain View originally at Epcot, Starbucks was always on the right. And as you follow the guest flow going into the park, guests move toward the right when they look for products and services as they go through an experience. And one product and service that people look for early in the morning as they enter the park is what? Coffee. And so Starbucks has always been on the right side with the one exception of the Starbucks, which was placed in Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is on the left side as you go through Discovery Isle. Um, and I would only say that that probably exists in that case because of two things. The big exhibits, i.e. Kilimanjaro safaris, which people have traditionally always gone to early in the morning, and the new Pandora attraction is also on the left side. Both of those on the left being made more sense. So maybe, maybe it will be on the left side where the electric umbrella is and part of the newer food and beverage facility. That would only make sense, that would especially make sense if, and only if, that new Starbucks, the temporary Starbucks, which they have at the apex of Future World and World Showcase, where you're heading in and making a right into Canada, or from Canada you're making a left into toward uh, Journey into Imagination, that area of the park. If they kept that Starbucks and had two of them, then it would really make sense to have that Starbucks on the opposite end of that. Notwithstanding, there is construction going on that portion of Future World. So glad to hear that. Definitely construction still going on on the eastern side of Future World, which will be a world discovery when it's completed. We have an image showing how uh, most all the solar panels have been placed onto the, the new solar panels have been placed on top of the universe of energy. The, um, that's all good news. Um, we also see that most of the tiles have all been placed on the top of the new uh, Power of Play Pavilion, which was formerly Wonders of Life. And we see a fence up for Space 220, where the entrance is intended to be. Um, there are also little tweaks going on here, by the way. There's a new restroom or not a new restroom, but there was a restroom over in there and that has been remodeled. Lots of little tweaks have been going on in the exterior area, but the real changes are in these three things. The new Wonder of Play Pavilion, the new Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, and then the addition of Space 220. For purposes right now, there are new kiosks which opened for the more formal half of of the food and wine festival remember it kind of opened up with uh, let's show you the remainder of the flower and garden festival and kind of weave ourselves into the food and wine festival and such is the case when we get to flavors from fire which has been in a ex uh, kiosk the last couple of years over in the area where the new uh supposedly where the new um uh 
uh, festival pavilion we just talked about was. Well, where I'm going to is this, is it's now hosted by the NFL on ESPN. So so listen to the titles these things are given. Cor- corn beef corner route. What is a corner route in football? I'm not sure. At any rate, what this is, is it's smoked corned beef with crispy potatoes, cheese curds, pickled onions, and beer cheese fondue all heaped together. It is a sizable portion, but I'm telling you way, way too much sodium. I've never tasted so much salt in the dish. You got it in the chips, you got it in the corned beef, you got it in the cheese. I'm telling you, even if you're a cheesehead living in Green Bay, Wisconsin, this is way too much. I give it one star. If you're looking for something similar to that, go over to Dino Bites over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. They've been serving chips with buffalo chicken and um, and blue cheese sauce. And that is decadent. Uh, so decadent, I've never returned to it because I, it's not a good waistliner. Um, that was sad. I wasn't very impressed. The other thing I tried over there is the s'mores whoopie piled on. Pile on, pile on. And yeah, I know. At any rate, it is smoked chocolate cake. Hang on to that term. Smoked chocolate cake, graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolate ganache, and candied bacon. I had no idea until I read the title later that the topping on it was candied bacon. I saw this topping. I thought maybe it was graham. I didn't taste any bacon. Um, All in all, this actually would be a fantastic dish um, if it weren't for the choice of smoked chocolate cake. Now, I, I don't know what their thinking was, but I guess their experience with s'mores is you, you throw the marshmallow in the fire, you burn the marshmallow, you char the marshmallow, and then you eat the s'more, and that smoke taste is what you get out of it. So since they couldn't char the marshmallows, they were going to go ahead and, and, and put the char taste into the chocolate. I, that did not make sense to me. It's not overwhelming, but it is present. And it's a little on the side of strange. And maybe I'm just not the biggest whoopie pie guy. But at any rate, I gave it two stars. One star higher than the corned beef. Three stars, however, is next door at the Donut Box. Donut Box offers three different kinds. One's a chocolate one. One's a sprinkle burst donut whole set with purple drizzle. I'll try that next time. The one I tried was the apple fritter donut holes with salted maple drizzle. Um, whoa, I'm gonna tell you. And this was this was five fritters, although one looked much bigger than the regular, the others in the in the picture I have. Served warm. This was amazing. First off, find these some milk and then carry the milk over to this before you consume, because no one should have a donut without milk in it or at least almond milk. And I'm telling you, it was so filling. Even a big guy like me, I'd say you have to share this. But if it's served warm, I give it a total three stars. So worth coming back. The only reason I'm not coming back to it immediately, besides my waistline, is because I would like to maybe try the sprinkle one. So, anyway, that's food and beverage. 
we should jump at this point over to World Showplace and talk about more food. But let me just mention before we go, because right next door is the Epcot Experience in the Odyssey Pavilion. And if you haven't seen the whole presentation, which is really a great presentation, make sure you check this out on my notes page. I have the original presentation, which includes Mary Poppins and Spaceship Earth. And I think it's uh, worth um, worth uh, appreciating. Maybe someday those will get in. But the other pieces of Harmonious, which we talked about, of Ratatouille coming, of the, um, the, the Play Pavilion, of Guardians of the Galaxy, all these pieces that we're talking about today, they're showcasing the Epcot experience. So definitely check that out. Now on to, we're going to do kind of a circle eight. Um, over at World Showcase, and we're going to head over to World Showplace, which is between Canada and the UK Pavilion, that big tented area. And we see that food and wine merchandise, big store has been set up in the front part. And it's got, a, that's probably your best full assortment of food and wine merchandise. It's just heading over to this location. They have plenty to offer. Some cute things with Figment. There are other cute things with Minnie and Mickey mini kind of in the kitchen kind of thing, aprons and so forth. And it's a, it's a fun design of Mickey and Minnie. Love that. Did try out some food. Um, the picture I show you is literally how it was served to me. The charcuterie and cheese plate features Burton's Maplewood Farm Applejack Brandy Barrel Aged Maple Syrup, which is kind of drizzled on there. The presentation is just horrible. In fact, the pepperoni looks like somebody took their fingers and just kind of ripped them apart. Um, it's an embarrassing presentation. However, it did taste really good, especially with the syrup. That was kind of a nice twist. And actually, I give it two stars out of three. Next door is the Frozen... Well, actually, no, it's part of this same group. I'm sorry. It's part of the same group, and it's the Frozen Apple Pie. It's a non-alcoholic drink. It was my favorite at last year's event. I must have gotten it three or four times. I loved it. It had apple pie filling in it, which... And um, and an apple drink, and then this um, um, sprinkle crumb of uh, brown sugar kind of sprinkle crumb thing on top. It is a delicious drink, still is delicious, although the the apple pie filling had, I'd forgotten about the apple pie filling and it was just kind of all sitting there in a glob at the bottom when I got through the rest of the drink. That was a little disappointing. But what was really disappointing is this, the drink seems to be a smaller sample, like maybe by two ounces, which may not seem like a lot, but I was a little disappointed in it, and I have to say I lowered it to two stars from an absolute three and from being the best thing last year. Also, one of the best things this year has been the mac and cheese products that they have been serving in World Showplace. I didn't um, get that on this occasion. I went actually, rather than sitting in World Showplace, which doesn't have enough tables and chairs, I found a lot of tables and chairs by the UK Pavilion. And it had social distancing. It was a beautiful evening, lovely. You could watch the folks going by. You could see the sun setting. You could see the lights turning on the UK Pavilion. The lake was right there. The boat was coming by. I'm telling you, this was an amazing setting. So I sat there my wife went and got mac and cheese for herself. She loved the lobster one. It was served in a bowl 
with lots of pieces of of lobster in it. That was a month ago or more. She came back with a plate and a scoop of mac and cheese with one piece of lobster. Totally dropped in the number of stars on our review. You should never promise one thing, deliver on it, and then turn around and do something else. That is just, that is not, that is not cool. And it was very disappointing. That said, I want to talk about a couple more things before I return to my little uh, garden spot there at UK Pavilion. Um, Italy. The fences are up between Italy and the American Adventure. doesn't seem like a lot of space, but actually it is one of the dedicated spaces for a future pavilion. And construction is going on back there, but the pictures we have over the fence do not suggest that there is a pavilion, which, you know, remember the whole thing with Brazil has been much, much discussed. It's more like they've cleared a space that's about the equivalent of what the little railroad space is, which, who knows, maybe they'll move the railroad over there and put Brazil where the railroad was supposed to be. Um, so, who knows? Spain is next door. It's connected to Italy. That pavilion opened up as part of the full food and wine festival. Guess what they're serving over there? Another charcuterie board. Yeah, but one was enough. So I haven't tried that one, although it did have olives. So that interested me. At Switzerland, we have another pavilion open. And guess what? It's got cheese dishes. So cheese, cheese, cheese. I see a theme here. I love cheese. This time with baguettes instead of crackers. I just wasn't there. And, and that's too bad because it's a cute little pavilion, as you see the picture up. By the way, work is being done in the lagoon. Look in the lagoon. There's work being done for Harmonious. And in the picture we have, you see the crane in the background, which is also supporting that whole effort. So that is moving along. And that is coming towards some eventual completion. So interesting to see where that goes. Uh, American Garden Stage. They have been moving back and forth between Mariachi Cobre, which we had some uh, video of uh, in our last update, and the Jamators. Now, this week, this week, the big one of the pieces of big news at Disney was the fact that the, the Grand Floridian Orchestra had been let go, terminated, however you want to put it. They had served temporarily over in um, where the Beauty and the Beast stage is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios to kind of fill that space. But that has come to the end as of today. No one knows when Beauty and the Beast is coming back in, although Frozen is opening back up the sing-along. Frozen sing-along is opening back up on Monday. That's a good sign, but the orchestra has been let go. They have noted that on social media and it's, and it is disappointing to see anything go, especially in the, the amount of layoffs. And we were the first podcast to come out with news and understanding and context for this layoff. We have another more formal podcast in the works for dealing with the larger issues of this layoff and what does it all mean and digging much deeper as a Disney at Work podcast. Look for that in the days to come. People were lamenting about this orchestra leaving at the Grand Floridian and 
I hate anything being, you know, let go. I never watched a concert at the Grand Floridian. I heard the music as I was coming and going, but it never... Somebody said that that it was designed for them to play in that location on the second floor because it was acoustically right. That may or may not be, but I never really felt like the sound was that great anywhere I was. And there was just no place to really sit and watch the band play. You could hear the music play, but you couldn't watch the band play. And I always thought that was a disadvantage to that band being there, as nice as it is to have a band. Why am I mentioning this with the Jamiters? That play band has been going up for 32 years. Most people don't remember Future World Brass, which seemed like Epcot's answer to the Walt Disney World marching band when it came out. But let me just say, Future Brass was so much better than Jamitors. Jamitors came along as this almost seasonal act. I want to say it was almost like something attached to Flower and Garden 20 years ago. And it was so popular that it ended up replacing Future World Brass for all intents and purposes. I, I love Custodian. I love good percussion. But let's put on the fact that as talented as that team is, it ain't nothing compared to Future World Brass. And where's all the lamenting from that? Long and short, things change. And that's unfortunate. But that's how it is. Uh, I show a little image of our little space at, um, at World Showcase. Um, we took the corner right table and we really spent about an hour and a half, had a nice little chat with a guy next door who had a nice little camera and talked about his camera, talked about his work, um, taking care of roofs um, throughout all of Walt Disney World. He has this process for, for sealing up roofs. And uh, it was a nice little conversation. My wife had gone to get food and then my daughter went to get food. And, and we just enjoyed that. I have a picture of the pavilion at sunset at twilight i'm telling you it was a beautiful evening it was so beautiful that a that a lot of people knew it and they all came to the park interestingly enough um there are a lot of people at the park so what is happening here well i'm just giving a little bit of a hint of what's to come because another podcast we hope to have in the days to come may not be the next one but I want to talk about the question, has Disney increased capacity at the parks? And the answer is going to be kind of interesting. And it's, it's, it's much more than a yes or no answer. But we're going to talk about that and what that means and what the implications of that are. Because it means a lot to guess. I will say this, though. I did tell you back in July when the parks first opened and everything was empty and you could walk on practically everything and now the lines seem really, really long. Did I not say your moment to go to the parks is September when school gets going, when the crowds are low, when things haven't picked up again? Because I will tell you things will continue picking up short of everything falling apart with the pandemic again, things are going to start picking up. And so September was your month. Is there another month to come? Maybe, maybe what was Marathon Week, which has been canceled this year, 
I might go looking at those dates, which is about the second, uh, the first full weekend after, um, after New Year's. I might look at that weekend. I'll be interested to see if Epcot Festival of the Arts, what that looks like. There's been no announcement about the Festival of the Arts. Be interested to see if that comes. By the way, the opening of that, tied to Ratatouille, tied to Harmonious, tied to um, Space 220, maybe even the Acrylic Fountain by then, if not sooner, hopefully sooner. You could see there could be an opportunity there as Disney rolls into the Festival of the Arts. We'll have to see. No formal announcement here, but just kind of thinking through what are all the possibilities. So if you're looking for your next time to come, you might look at that very first part of January. That just might be a good window to come in and check things out. And maybe we'll be in a little better position from this crazy, crazy pandemic, which has been all the talk this week in our political conversations. Any rate, this has been an Epcot update and I promised you lots to cover and lots more to come. We have so many, many upcoming podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Check out the others. Check out some of the previous ones. We talked about the four keys of safety courtesy show efficiency. We highlighted efficiency a week ago. We're going to talk about inclusion a fifth key that's been added we're going to talk about these layoffs in further detail we're going to talk about disney adding capacity we got to do more updates because we are overdue for going back to the magic kingdom and to animal kingdom there's some things going on there the studios with frozen reopening and other things coming we got park updates ahead lots coming make sure you check for that also make sure you go to the youtube page because we have new videos that's j jeff kober k-o-b-e-r check out the youtube pages or just go um, to our links for these pages and when you get to a video you'll see where the videos are coming from but subscribe to that because you see new videos and we have lots of new videos we put out in a new um, iMac to really just handle the social media aspects of this operation so we got lots more stuff coming down the pike and we want to bring this variety and all of these wonderful topics to you so please stay tuned finally in the words of Alan Menken's beautiful tune from Sinbad's Storybook Voyage at Tokyo Disney Sea, uh, number 37 podcast. Always follow the compass of your heart. So needed in this day and age. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>